0: Welcome to our show. Anyone who want to learn more about data, GA4, Google Analytics 4. Welcome, because today we are going to discuss how you can simplify your experience to adapt to this analytics, because many of the masters still have this struggle. I think, you know, I can feel it's like uh, when you change your car, you can buy a new car Uh, with uh, new features, simple experience, but you have habit to use the old car, even if it's harder to drive old car, you know how to do it, (laughs) that's why today we are going to discuss how you can drive GA4 with Ned Alferoz, how are you? Doing well, Anatoly, Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, doing great, looking forward to learn more, I can't tell that I'm an expert with GA4, but I spent some time to click features, buttons, uh, anything there, so I learned, So and looking forward to learn more, because I think this analytics uh, can bring a lot of data, new data, like uh, engagement rate. Yeah, we didn't have the same rate before. Nidal, Before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Sure, absolutely.
1: Uh, First of all, thanks for having me here. And uh, hopefully I get to share some things about GA4 that you were not aware about. So maybe there's like one or two good takeaways for, for yourself, as well as for everyone who's listening in. So thanks to all for tuning in. I can quickly introduce myself. Uh, I'm Nidal Firoz. I'm based out of Dubai. I'm an analytics strategist and consultant, currently working with Infotrust, uh, leading an analytics team. Uh, we are mostly in the CPG, uh, you know, we are supporting the CPG industry team. Uh, so consumer packaged goods or fast moving consumer goods, it's also called FMCG in some other parts of the world. Um, that's where mostly my my strengths and expertise uh, working with industry clients lie uh, previously i worked with data visualization extensively i had during covid lockdown fun fact i had a, a data analytics workshop a tableau workshop which i was hosting with another uh, partner of mine and uh, we we did uh, teach tableau to a lot of uh, students and working professionals during that uh, i believe four to five month uh, period um, apart from that, I'm extensively also involved with uh, the Digital Analytics Association. Uh, I've uh, contributed contents. Um, I've done a couple of uh, workshops. I've uh, I've uh, done a, lo- a couple of talks. Um, this is my second time on a podcast, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, so far, uh, the journey with GA4 has been... Not so easy. There's been some challenges. We have been uh, helping our uh, clients uh, uh, do the migration, but there's a lot to look forward to as well, uh, you know, with with all the updates that are coming up and uh, trying to mitigate new challenges. So that's a bit about me.
0: Yeah, nice. Nice. Love it. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Okay. uh, Can you tell where we need to start? Okay. I think it's not hard. To set up this analytics, you can <laughs> uh, open the old one and uh, you can get the way how you can set up new one, uh, not hard, but can you tell how to start learning about uh, GA4 and uh, I- I- if you know some struggles we've set up as well, you, you can share, but uh, I'm interested how to do it from scratch.
1: Sounds good. I think uh, one of the questions I get asked a lot from people who are trying to get into digital analytics in general, uh, Google being one of the giants out there, uh, Google Analytics has got majority of market share right it has a free versus a a, a paid uh, version or an, a 360 version uh, and a lot of small and medium businesses that uh, you know i've, I've worked with uh, supporting small and medium businesses also to to get onboarded to ga4 uh, they've all um, they've all uh, tried to to migrate to ga4 uh, and and one of the questions i get asked a lot is you know, is it a simple switch from UA to GA4? Is it uh, just an upgrade? Uh, Is it something that I can just, you know, flip on a switch and and everything gets moved over? Uh, And the short answer is, it is not. It is a completely different setup. You need to set it up from scratch. Uh, And there are ways to make that transition easier. Uh, Google has the, the setup assistant, which, uh, which can be used to link your previous Universal Analytics property to a new Google Analytics for property and then import some of the connections, such as you know if you are using a Google Ads integration, you can bring that over uh, easily. Uh, there are a few other settings that you can bring over uh, easily, but it is not the same entity. Uh, the data collection happens in Google Analytics. Uh, if you're familiar, it happens in a property. The universal analytics property and the ga 4 property are completely different uh you know entities uh, which means that one data will not automatically get migrated over and then two uh it will start collecting data only from the the date that you set it up so uh, in terms of someone who's new to ga 4 uh what i would recommend is uh, going through some free resources available, right? That's one thing I love about Google. There's a lot of free resources available out there. Uh, uh, I started my journey with Google Analytics and my learning um, using uh, Skillshop um, or the Google Analytics Academy. These are a couple of places I'd recommend you check out. All you need is a Google account to set it up, set up your profile, and then go through some recordings. There's also certifications available there. So if you are a beginner, uh, if you're trying to understand that would be one good place to start
0: um yeah that, that's just a couple of like starting points i'd say mm-hmm. nice nice let's talk about metrics that we can learn from ga4 uh, i mentioned about uh, engagement uh, and bounce is different uh compared to others i remember when google announced about ga4 uh, we didn't get this data but then google decided to bring it back, and uh, uh, but it's different. It's different calculation. Uh, and uh, can you tell about uh, engagement? How to learn this metric? How it can help us to decide what to do next? I mean, like to create content or marketing messages.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, engagement rate, like you mentioned, is a, a new metric that's available in GA four. The the best part about engagement rate is that it's a metric that you can customize, right? It's not; it does not have the same standard definition uh, across uh, across all uh, configurations. The definition is the same, however, what uh, there are some tweaks that you can make in your configurations, which which makes engagement rate work differently for you. Now, let me explain that a bit further um the the definition of engagement rate is uh you know the, the percentage of uh people that visited on your site that that at least made uh maybe one conversion event or spent a certain amount of time on your website at least i think uh, a few seconds close to like 10 10 seconds or something uh, uh, there's a duration factor in there and then lastly the amount of pages uh, that was, uh, you know, visited at least more than one page. So uh, that's considered as an uh, uh, engagement, uh, you know, in terms of the percentage of the overall uh, other visits. Uh, now, how can you customize that to your business model? The way you have defined the conversion events uh, can, uh, can, you know, ensure that somebody who is um, staying on a page for for example, for a certain amount of duration, or maybe someone who has scrolled through an article, if that needs to be considered as a conversion, then you can you know, uh, enable a custom conversion, which says if someone has scrolled 75% of the article, uh, that can be considered as a conversion and that uh, considers it to be an engaged session. Uh, for example, think about Wikipedia. Uh, if you look at Universal Analytics, you had bounce rate, uh, wikipedia would have a very high bounce rate because most people would land on a page uh, they go through the stuff and then they just exit uh, they wouldn't go through like uh, additional pages some folks do but most most users don't uh, so it would have a high bounce rate right uh, but when you look at uh, ga4 now you can customize a scroll or the amount of time spent on the page as a, a conversion and uh, accordingly you can you can uh, you know define that if somebody has spent so much time, probably they have gone through the content. If someone has scrolled through the content, they've they you know engaged with the content a bit, and that can be con- considered as an engagement or an engaged session uh, instead of as a bounce session. The one um, other thing I will also call out is uh, GA4 focuses more on active users than just users who are like visiting a website. Uh, when I say active users, this is uh, factors such as is the browser tab in the in the foreground? It, it's not just one of like thirty different tabs that just keeps kept in the background, right? Um, so it looks at those type of factors also to to consider active or engaged users, and and you know that's the more meaningful metric, right? Uh, as compared to like anybody who just like clicks and, and lands on a page.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I want to ask about. Uh metrics that you think it's important uh, to consider, you know, uh, because, for example, what I found when you share a lot of metrics to customers who are not familiar with data, uh, who uh, can know some metrics, but not good with them. And I see when some metrics can mislead, you know, then help uh, because people don't understand how they work. And uh, I'm interested uh, which metrics you think it's important to know uh, from your experience, it's better to consider them and learn from them and which metrics are less important. Probably we can uh, skip or I don't know, or don't pay so much attention to them.
1: Sure. There's two parts to this question. Uh, Now, if a user was using Universal Analytics uh, now, if a user is still continuing to use Universal Analytics, it's not a good idea. I would say uh, <laughs> yeah. we still have users using, you know, the 360 version is like got another year to go, so there are still people using the UA 360 version. Um, if you are using Universal Analytics, the the metrics that I would mention to you would be different from the you know users that are using GA4. Now, the reason being that the metric definitions are different uh, between Universal Analytics and GA4. Uh, now that's one call out the second call out which is the more important the more uh, you know significant one is that i would give different answers to different people depending on what type of industry they are in what type of business they are in and th- that's where i think this is a very relevant question of you know how do you choose the metrics do you do you let the metrics derive your business decisions or do you let your business decisions or the business objectives drive your metrics and that's Going back to the fundamentals of data collection, like any data point that you want to collect using Google Analytics, there should be a question asked in the in the beginning or the foundation stage that should I actually collect this form submission or the number of people who clicked on you know, different menu icons? How is that adding value to me? So um, in summary, I would not specifically say that these are the specific metrics you should always use. I would say. Uh, you know, not just rely on the custom, uh, sorry, the, the standard out of the box metrics that are available in GA4, but also rely on custom, uh, you know, custom dimensions, custom metrics that that will e- explain exactly what's uh, designed to to fit your business model or your business objectives. So that's where, uh, you know, I could go on, talk about all the standard metrics out there, like uh, page views, uh, bounce rate, uh, conversion rate, um, or, or you know, average time spent on a page or the number of uh, page depth or a session depth, which is the average number of pages. But what really matters is understanding how are you planning to, you know, evaluate the the quality of the web user journey and and which are the metrics that matter now that's a very high level answer i didn't touch anything there but i, I let me add an example to it right for example yeah. there's you know uh, i i work very closely with the cpg uh, space uh, a lot of cpg uh, websites that i work with they they may not have e-commerce enabled on the website they might redirect you to a nearby retailer or a retail store right and then there's a, a probably a button that uh, helps you locate a store nearby that is a key conversion event that that the number of people out of all the people who visited uh, the the website the number of people who landed on that specific uh, page and then uh, clicked on locate the nearby store that's going to be critical information those are you know uh, more likely users that went to a store and and purchased. Again, there's the problem of stitching that data together. There some of that transaction happens offline. Uh, But uh, eventually those are the key events that you need to measure. And those are not available in GA 4 out of the box. Uh, That's where you need to customize what you collect and then decide that, okay, these are the the specific interactions. Um, Maybe if performed in a certain order, that makes sense or if there's a specific value, if there's a specific product category that somebody chooses and adds to cart, that makes more sense. You can define your conversions or custom conversions in that way and then um, and then report on that and then monitor that and then see, okay, how can I drive more of my users to start doing that specific conversion? Um, so that's that, that would be my, you know, sort of more detailed answer also adding in a couple of examples.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Can you describe more about events uh can you tell how to learn from events how to uh, to choose uh I mean uh, not to choose I mean like uh, to uh, to think how events can help to increase sales conversion rate and anything like that
1: sure absolutely um events are uh, the fundamental data model uh, you know in in ga4 uh, event- based data collection uh, every interaction that a user makes on the website is considered as an event uh, in universal analytics you did have events so uh, for those of you who are not familiar with universal analytics universal analytics is ga3 or the version of ga that is just you know that just got sunset i don't know if you heard about it in the news uh, we did have a lot of like uh, you know people meeting together just to like talk about the universal analytics sunset and and how it was a a, a tool that shaped up a lot of our careers and the industry also right Um, but uh, if you compare between universal analytics and ga 4 ua had events but it had a very rigid structure now if you have deployed ua tracking you would know that events would have event category action and label these are just metadata or additional context about the event Uh, taking one step back what is an event? It's any interaction that you, yeah, you do on the website, uh, be it a scroll, uh, be it a click on a specific button, be it a submission of a form, be it the sign-in, or if you are selecting a menu or changing the locale, uh, all of those interactions that you do, watching a video, etc., all of that could be an event. Uh, now with GA4, every interaction that you do with the website, including the loading of the page itself, can be is by default an event, so everything is an event. Uh, and one of the reasons uh, Google uh, did that is originally, if you remember when GA4 came up, it was uh, at, a, at a certain point in time, it was called GA app and web, GA app plus web. And the reason why it was called so is because uh, app data usually has a different uh, data model, and web data has a completely different data model. Google wanted to unify the data model for both of these digital platforms so that you can combine and collect all of that data into one place. And that's one of the key sort of selling points for GA4. If you are a digital business that uh, is extensively involved in both app uh, channels, as well as uh, website channels, then you can collect and combine that data into one place and event is what stitches it together because in apps, everything used to be an event the the you know the notification if you clicked on an in app notification that that is an interaction that's an event uh, and similarly um, on the website if you go to a specific page uh, and then click on something there that's an event so um, to talk about one other way in which events are more optimized in GA4 um, you can connect an event with n number of parameters, I think up to 20, 25 parameters, right? Uh, and, and these are all parameters that can give additional context about the event. In Universal Analytics, you had just three parameters and then additional custom dimensions, but it's not a, a, a flexible sort of structure. In GF4, it's more flexible. If you are defining, for example, if you, if you have a, a blog and then there's the name of the author, that can be a parameter and then that parameter can be reused across different, uh, events. Um, so there's a mix and match, you know, uh, or, or a structure that's more flexible, uh, so that you define lesser overall number of parameters, and then you as- associate those with the respective different events. I don't know if that was a bit confusing, uh, but, um, you know, if you, if you look at it in a, in an implementation sheet or in an Excel sheet, that's how we usually show it to our clients. Um, that makes a lot more sense. That makes it things much easier to track and then reuse existing elements across uh, different event types and then uh, you know uh, be yeah. more efficient about data collection
0: yeah each case is different i i agree with you uh, and uh, uh, you mentioned about um, uh, customization that uh, i mean like uh, that um, we can't learn uh, data and uh, from metrics uh, Uh, I mean, like equally for each project, because it depends on the project, uh, what kind of content we have, goals and many other things. And can you tell how to find, uh, for example, you know, uh, I see when people can uh, uh, complain, for example, uh, bounce rate is high. When I check out content, I see probably customers find phone number or any other form, it's enough for them, you know, to leave this page. It doesn't mean that you need to retain them like 10 minutes <laughs> to, to tell about simple thing. So it depends. Can you tell how to uh, stand out from the rest? I mean, like uh, we have the average data and I see when companies learn from the average data, but uh, each case is different. Can you tell how to find this difference between average data and your personal case uh, to decide what to do next
1: yeah it's a it's again another um, sort of commonly asked question right about benchmarks like what does the industry follow like what is the average uh, bounce rate for this type of industry it, we want to see compare you know in, in a lot of scenarios that's not easily comparable because you know there's a lot of factors that that go into uh how much an actual uh, conversion rate boils out to be for a, for an organization right um, but um but in 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 essence i think that's also where the event model comes in uh you know adding that uh, context uh for any type of event that you're analyzing if for example you mentioned checkout uh, are you are you breaking it down in your reports and seeing what is the associated information along with that we've seen uh we've seen that sometimes you can use um, a browser something very You know something that you you would imagine you would never have to use in your reports, like a browser uh, version uh, to identify whether some of that is bot traffic, right? Because we we have observed this time and again with bots. There are specific locations where you know bots usually originate from. Sometimes Um, there are several cities, like Ashburn, is is an example. Uh, There's a lot of uh, you know. bot traffic there's amazon bot traffic that gets originated from specific locations there's uh, specific uh, you know sc- screen resolutions and browser versions uh, things like that that you can check to see if there's a you know if if it is a, a traf- bot traffic which which obviously you should exclude and j4 also has uh, some known bots get get excluded but basically what i'm trying to say is add more context into into your data points when you're collecting them and then being able to use that in reports to slice and dice the data to see if uh do i need need to be really worried about lesser numbers and then another area where we have seen a lot of consumers um, expressing concern over lesser numbers is the recent surge in the need to deploy consent on websites Um, so you see all the cookie banners Uh, there are browsers these days that will help you sort of bypass those cookie banners, like not even show those cookie banners, accept or reject by default. Uh, But that's another area where the moment uh, you deploy a cookie consent banner, you see a drop in traffic, which basically is not an actual drop in traffic, but it's a drop in uh, observable traffic. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: that's another sort of uh, area where, uh, you know, we talk, I think another uh privacy is at the, at the center of like gfo right so uh that's another area where we, we could maybe also talk a bit about the the consent mm-hmm. and and how numbers can be lesser and a lot of people are concerned about lesser numbers in their reports
0: mm-hmm. yeah nice I wanna ask you how you transfer data to your customers it's interesting because I see you know uh, sometimes I can uh, provide over data my customers, they don't know what to do, it might confuse. And uh, according to some data online, uh, some studies that uh, uh, companies implement 40% of all recommendations. Basically, if they pay like $10,000 to you, uh, 6000 are wasted. Because they have no time, resources, or don't understand how to do it. So, I'm interested in your methods how to simplify the experience of learning from data. For example, if you have a customer who wants to know how to go ahead, what to do, but uh, when you provide this data, they don't they don't know <laughs> what to do. So, your tips how to transfer this data in the correct in the correct way. Even more, no. For example, sometimes we need to uh, share data with. Uh, uh some employees and they need to bring this data to stakeholders uh, other departments so any tips about that
1: yeah it's it's a it's a common problem uh you know how do you communicate those insights in a way that uh, one it's actionable and then uh, two it 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 is not um Sort of missed, you know, in in all the other data details that you're sharing with them. So you, you need to sort of highlight the key insights. You need to uh, make sure that there's sufficient uh, callouts, or or you're using um, some data visualization techniques. That, that's one way to do it, right? There's a there's a way to differentiate your your significant callouts. Uh, so if if I'm to deliver. A, a presentation to one of my clients, uh, sharing data insights summary. I've done this in my previous roles as a data analyst or a campaign analyst. Um, you know, there's slides and slides of data. I get, I get five minutes during a 30 minutes call to present insights. Right. And how do you make that impactful? Uh, what I've, uh, tried to do is if I had like 10 columns in an Excel sheet that I would like take a screenshot, put it in a slide and show it to them. It's, a uh, overloading with them with information like you said uh, earlier with your example now what would i do um, i try to create some calculated columns out of it which will give you maybe a percentage value that makes more sense and then remove all the data that uh, that does not add a value or that does not um, you know that's just adding on too many uh, too many information to process too much information to process so that's one thing i would do i just try to summarize that's where data visualization also comes into the picture it's to summarize and see everything from a from a higher level or a bird's eye view uh, so that you can really focus on the key uh, you know maybe the 80 20 rule the 80 percentage of the areas where you know the, the impact can be made um, as compared to the remaining 20 percentage that that may not may not really um, may not really make sense analyzing deep diving or or, or spending too much time there so, yeah, that's uh, that's a couple of recommendations there. Use data visualization principles, um, and then um, try to not give a lot of, like in terms of volume, do not try to give like 10 to 15 insights. Boil it down yeah. to three insights, something they can do right away, something they can make a slight change in right away and observe results in like maybe two to three months time um so give them maybe you could split it into like short term these are the items that you can do and then longer term there will be others that will require a lot of like changes more budget team changes and stuff like that but what are some of those quick wins go ahead and tackle them maybe right after this meeting just just go and try to change this tweak this up and see uh how, how the campaign performs differently uh, for example
0: mm-hmm. nice nice um I want to ask about uh extra tools that we can use uh I mean like GA 4 is great but we have other tools that can provide extra insights like Adobe Analytics uh, HubSpot Samrush m- many other tools that can mix data from different analytics you know to provide in one user-friendly environment. So can you tell which tools do you use uh, to get more data and how uh, you unite all this data with GA4?
1: Yeah, uh, specifically talking about GA4, and I think that's probably a very relevant question for me because I work with uh, uh, Infotrust, which is an agency. We are a Google partner, and most of the the tech that we work with is in the Google ecosystem. So, and that's also um, the best way to like work with GA4 data, right? You 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 can stitch it with visualization tools like Google uh, Looker Studio. Uh, which was earlier known as Google Data Studio, but recently they rebranded as uh, Looker Studio. Um, and these are like native integrations because they are all in the Google ecosystem. That's all, always sort of the bet- best way to like uh, integrate that data together because they're all in the same ecosystem. Uh, in, the, in the cloud platform, we also have uh, BigQuery. So a lot of our uh, clients are leveraging the BigQuery extract and that's uh, if you also ask the, the analytics community, the industry, the veterans who have been using analytics since a while, uh, this is one thing that everybody almost agrees on, um, that the ability to extract or get all the data out of GA4 and in, into BigQuery uh, is one of the best features available in GA4, right? Because that gives you a lot of ability to, to slice and dice that data, see the raw data, and then use it for a lot of other applications maybe also uh, i know that there are clients that also leverage the the data stored in bigquery to then pull it out and, and maybe put it into like a power bi report or or a, or a tableau report for example you know uh, so one uh easy uh you know a couple of Basic integrations that I would say one is BigQuery. Uh, secondly, the you know Looker Studio. If you want to like use uh, dashboards or visualizations uh, directly from Google Analytics, there's also custom reporting available within GA4, which is also one of the sort of the selling points and the key differentiator from Universal Analytics. Right, it has explore reporting. Um, so there's uh, reporting abilities inside GA4 itself. Uh, and then a couple of others would be Google search console. You know, if you want to look at organic search data, uh, one call out, if you are integrating Google search console reports, uh, the, the reports in GA are not available by default. You have to like edit, uh, the, the configuration, the settings, uh, or the, the collection report collection settings to, to make that report available. But yes, you can, uh, do that integration and then all the, media platforms like uh, Google Ads, uh, Display Video 360, search ads for bringing in your campaign uh, information and and seeing an end-to-end view of, okay, from impressions till final conversion on the website, what's the, you know, the end-to-end sort of user journey.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, valuable. Okay. Uh, let's talk about mistakes. You know, uh, I, I, I usually make a lot of mistakes, you know, uh, some of them terrible, (laughs) some of them slight mistakes, but that's okay. No, it's part of the marketing process. I think um, uh, everyone makes mistakes to learn from them. But uh, can you list mistakes that companies can avoid by using GA4? But you see, they usually do these mistakes to learn from uh, them. But uh, what mistakes we can avoid?
1: yeah good really good question i think the the largest mistake and the, the one big mistake i would ask to avoid is to bring in you know try to replicate universal analytics in ga4 let's not try to do that because what we have seen is uh, universal analytics configurations that are at least uh, 3 to 4 years old will have a lot of outdated events a lot of uh, you know technical debt that we would not want to migrate all the way over to ga4 it's a it's an opportunity to reset a lot of organizations are not looking at it that way it's they're looking at it as a way as you know an additional pain point a new tool to deal with um and all the additional challenges that come with it instead of that uh there's the concept of data minimization which which uh which is all also part of some of the the regulations in in the europe region right like gdpr uh, data minimization in essence is the concept of collecting the bare minimum amount of data that you actually require with a purpose, a specific business purpose, and then keeping it with you for only as long as you need it. Uh, A lot of uh, privacy or data breaches or data violations are uh, associated with a company that has collected data and kept it in their databases for much longer than they actually need it. And they've also collected different data points that they do not need uh, only because, you know, they asked the, the wrong question. What is the different data points that we can collect about the consumer? And then let's bring it all in and then let's decide what to do with it later. Right. It's a, it's a wrong approach to do, uh, with ga 4 one area, which I would always focus on or, or which I would always also sort of recommend to my clients is if you're asking me to collect uh, 10 data points, you really need all of those 10 data points. If one of them is a personal uh, information attribute, then, you know, think twice. Uh, GA is strictly against collecting personally identifiable information, but we have seen in some cases, you know, that data either accidentally or unintentionally getting captured and and then you have to delete that data, for example. So Mm -hmm. data minimization is the core concept I'd like to focus on. Think twice how much, uh, you know, what are the data points you want to collect, and then how long you want to collect it. Data retention is a, setting that's available in GA4, which helps you uh, tweak for how long you want to let that data stay in your
0: servers. Uh, yeah, yeah, these are
1: kind of, like recommendations. That I have.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, I want to ask about your experience. Um, for example, you know, uh, we usually uh, cooperate with clients who understand Asia? So if they understand, then we can cooperate like a cohesive team. If they don't, I tell them, take my course, learn from Lily Ray, Jeff Coyle, Mike Phillips, Chelsea, all this many great experts, go to Google, YouTube, just learn, get the basic. Because we can speak one language, we can go ahead. Uh, we know why we need to create high quality content, what kind of content to create, which data we need, uh, and uh, let's imagine. You started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. It's your first day uh, in data uh, analytics, in GA4. What will you do today to learn completely from scratch?
1: That's a good question. That's a tricky one uh, because, you know, I've um, I've got into data not because I chose to. Um, in a way, this was something, you know, I, I landed on because I, I loved numbers and everything that I've learned is not through the traditional method of learning by following, you know, doing an undergraduate in a data analytics specialisation course or something like that. Whatever I've learned, I've learned from, from the, uh, from getting into this career and into this uh, sort of industry. So, if I had to start from scratch, which is exactly what I did, like almost seven to eight years back, um, what I did is uh, one understanding business. And business objectives, the business needs uh, is always more important than learning a tool or a technology or a platform. Uh, and I've always mentioned this to, you know, I, I do mentorships on weekends. I've, I've, uh, I've helped onboard a lot of, uh, you know, college students and people who are switching from different other industries to, to data analytics. And, I, and this is one thing that I've told them uh, if you're asking me which is the tool that I need to learn, uh to to get into data analytics that's that's the wrong question it's not about the tool it's about the concept it's about understanding the business needs uh and and that you cannot uh you cannot learn watching a youtube video you know getting understanding the business context you need to get on the ground you need to talk to people uh, you need to talk to your stakeholders uh, now. One of the mistakes that I maybe talked about mistakes I've made a lot of mistakes myself as well. You know that's the only way you learn. That's the only way you get really tested. Um, one of the mistakes I made is uh, assuming that these are the metrics or these are the the widgets that would make more sense in a client dashboard and then show it to them, and then hear that okay they were that's completely n- not you know exactly not what they are looking for uh because i did not ask them this question in advance there's something known as the stakeholder interviews where i could have uh, gathered more clarity you know asked a couple of why questions into you know what are some of their business objectives needs data collection um, uh, requirements which i think if you are getting into this career in the beginning what you need to do is talk to your clients talk to the the team members try to understand business context And then you can always supplement it with the different tool knowledge. And there's always that that information available. But uh, how to do something is not as important as a question as why would you do it? Um, So that's where the business context and the understanding really matters.
0: Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. And I have a final question about the future. You know, I have my crystal ball. It didn't work. I tried a few times, (laughs) I bought crypto, you know, and I failed uh, to earn a lot of crazy money. Uh, Luckily, I never put all eggs in one basket, you know, (laughs) Uh, but uh, I tried and failed. I think it's okay. Uh, I can learn from them that um, it's another niche and um, uh, I forecast many things. But uh, I often fail, and that's okay. Anyway, uh, I want to ask you, take your crystal ball and let us know what kind of future will be according to new technologies that are coming fast, that change this world. Uh, We have AI, probably augmented reality will come with Apple, uh, this headset. I don't know how it looks, but yeah, yeah, I'm excited to learn more about that anyway. Technologies are changing the world and um, many things that were relevant like 10 years ago. It's not the same today, but human uh, humans are the same. You know, psychology is the same. And I read a lot of marketing books. You know, yeah, I think people didn't change. You now uh, we have everything the same, personalization, many other things that uh, people had uh, many years ago. Uh, but we have new technologies that can print this data information in the right way. So I'm interested about your forecast, what kind of future will be and how we can adapt today to this possible future.
1: Yeah, great question. Um, I I think, uh, you know, um, there's a lot that has evolved in the space that we are in, uh, in the digital analytics space. If you look at um, maybe the early 1990s, you know, the, the birth of the internet and looking at, how much we have progressed since then. There's been leaps and bounds of like uh, development in terms of uh, the different uh, technologies, the different data collection methodologies. And also if you look at the MarTech stack, uh, there's umpteen amount of platforms and and, uh, technology that that you can learn, right? Uh, Some key um, changes that are observed in the digital ecosystem or the uh, landscape one uh, is all the regulations that are coming into the picture right Uh, there's uh, multiple regulations coming up there's uh, different uh, countries that are uh, you know sort of drafting their own data privacy protection regulations Um, in the us almost every state will have a different uh, sort of regulation it's going to be a difficult territory to to uh, you know comply with uh, regulations in multiple states so uh i think virginia recently came up with one uh, the 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 significant one the one that most people would remember or call out is the california one uh ccpa uh in in europe gdpr was the one that started and kicked off a whole new sort of world of uh, you know conversations around consent uh, the importance of uh letting a user have end user have control of their data so privacy is going to be at the center of the marketing strategy for most organizations that is one key change that we are observing that's uh that's also something that at infotrust we are helping organizations have privacy embedded at the center of what they do every day right um, and then directly related to that is consumer trust uh, the the ability for a consumer to trust an organization de- depends on different perceptions but at the end it's it's a it's a factor of how well an organization is being transparent about how the you know the different data collection practices and um, the data usage policies etc uh, secondly we are seeing a huge uh, increase or uptick in uh, organizations moving towards a first party data strategy or also using server side tagging uh, traditionally uh, how data analytics started off, uh, or digital analytics started off, is with uh, client-side tracking. But now more organizations are moving towards uh, server-side tracking, primarily because that gives them more control uh, of how data can be manipulated, and you know any uh, unreasonable manipulations can be prevented. Uh, to have control of data on a server that you're you're hosting on your own, uh, rather than uh, you know leveraging other uh, sort of third parties so uh, these are a couple of like major industry shifts uh, the world is moving towards uh, data privacy and and also uh, some privacy safe measurements uh, measurement strategies such as uh, server side tagging uh, but yeah i think we we could easily get outdated if we don't go with the flow right like like you said it's it's important to keep uh, track of what's going on in the industry what's new um, so this is an industry that's evolving at a very quick pace. Um, so someone who's new uh, will need to stay up to date. I think uh, you know there are different ways to do it, uh, but but uh, following uh, industry veterans, uh, you know, listening to these types of podcasts or or. or following linkedin twitter these are social platforms that where a lot of industry changes the the industry sentiments are also out there available for for people to look at and, and infer um, so yeah that, that's a couple of shifts looking forward to how this industry is going to evolve um thanks for the great conversation by the way and uh, yeah uh, let's see how it goes yeah.
0: yeah thank you thank you yeah valuable love it love it uh, tell the best way how to keep learning from you how to reach out to you how to follow you
1: sure linkedin is the best way to reach out to me so uh, you know you can just look up my name on linkedin uh, i think that should be helpful for uh, you know connecting i also do one-on-one mentorships you know if you want to do get into get data analytics career understand a bit more about that i've i've helped a lot of uh, students and, and working professionals to you know move from something complete as completely different as a civil engineering space to you know data analytics Um, So those are completely different uh, spaces, but I've helped people move into the industry. Um, So if you need some advice, feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn.
0: You should be able to find me uh, by my name. Nice guys, you can find the link uh, to LinkedIn account in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Love it so valuable. Welcome back anytime to share more valuable insights. Probably GA5. I don't know what kind of future will be, but anyway, we are loving to learn more about data because without data, you can't create awesome creative marketing message. Okay, guys, love you. See you.